This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. hey oh, it's Pat Boyle and former Rads, and today on the Best of the DA Show, who looks worst in the PGA merger? Plus, your best audio of the day and sound check, including Mike McDaniel comparing the Dolphins to the Heat. Plus, DA has a champ and a chump. Bogus is stunned to a news. Advanced analytics and the epic fail. It's the Best of the DA Show on this Wednesday. It's now. Yesterday, we wrapped up here around 10 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, 7 a.m. Pacific. And, oh, I would say like 60 seconds after we signed off the air, the news broke, stunning the golf world, that the two factions at odds over the last 18 months, sworn enemies, blood feud extraordinaire, the Live Tour and the PGA Tour would join forces. We found this out right after the show ended yesterday. And so now, a little bit less than 24 hours later, the sports world still trying to get a grasp on what this means because the Live Tour, backed by the limitless Saudi government, had money to burn and spent it all on the stars of the PGA Tour and was able to sign a lot of them. Famously, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, the list goes on and on, defectors to the Live Tour. And the Live Tour was creating a new golf. Golf but louder is how they, they termed it. And it was only 54 holes. There was no cut. It was team golf. You earned your purse no matter what. And there was absolutely no viewership, no television deal, no viewership, and a lot of animosity from the PGA Tour. Tiger wouldn't defect. Rory McIlroy famously snubbing his nose, thumbing his nose at the Live Tour and all the guys that defected. It was blood money for them. And the PGA Tour powers that be kept looking at the Live Tour over the last calendar year saying, how could you, how could you, how could you? The human rights list of grievances and violations from the Saudis is really long. I mean, they're a disaster. They're just an absolute disaster when it comes to rights for women, rights for gays, rights for journalists. I mean, they're just a a mess. Families of 9-11 victims all stacked up against the Saudis. Again, how can you take this money? 
Do you know what they did? Do you know what they know? I mean, it's it was ugly. And it was ugly that it was such a crass attempt by the Saudis to sports wash, use all their money to make them look better so that you had this shiny, happy sports front like we've seen done with World Cups and Olympics and things like this. So the, the, the old school PGA Tour, how could you? We would never. You guys are awful. And if you play over there, if you've decided to just simply take the money over there, you'll have to apologize simply for existing, for competing, for existing, for taking the money. You just always have to apologize. And remember, Phil Mickelson, who has never seemed all torn up about his own decisions, seemed like he was miserable, depressed and miserable, like, what have I done? What money have I taken? What deal with the devil have I made? And yesterday, all of this vanishes as the PGA Tour takes the live money and says, ah, you know what? We'll partner. And we find out that the players on the PGA Tour didn't even know about this. Nobody knew about this. They were negotiating in secret. And so all of those golfers that refused to take the money to go to the live tour didn't know that ultimately they would be playing for the live tour in some way. So who looks worst in this PGA Live merger? It is where we begin. You're cold open. I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. As it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? I think today is a, it's a historical day for the PGA Tour and the game of golf. And you're right, you know, there's been a lot of tension in our sport over the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf. We've recognized that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can working apart. And I give Yasser great credit for coming to, the t t coming to the table, coming to the discussions with an open heart and an open mind. We did the same, and the game of golf is better for what we've done here today. It's less about how people respond today, and it's all about how people respond in 10 years. And when they see the impact that we're having on this game together, there'll be a lot of smiles on people's faces, and there'll be a lot more people playing this game all over the world. And if you're a young player that wants to get to the highest level of the game today, you'll be more inspired than you've ever been before. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open. Well, you heard there two different timelines from PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. The first clip you heard was nine months ago, him saying you would never have to apologize for playing for us. And now, fast forward to yesterday, the other three clips. Why this happened? This happened because the PGA Tour was locked in these antitrust lawsuits that the Live Tour lobbied against them and realized the fight is never ending. They have way more money than us, and the PGA Tour has money. And the PGA Tour has big corporate sponsorships. And the PGA Tour has a big television deal, multiple big television deals. And the Live Tour has no television deals. I mean, what, they're on YouTube? 
no offense, we're on YouTube as well, but when your funding is what the Live Tour fund is, you would think you'd be able to broker a better deal. But nobody wants to touch them. The ratings were terrible. Nobody wants to watch team golf. So what does it mean? The PGA Tour said, we can't afford to battle somebody with limitless pockets. That's what this is, okay? So that's why something like this happens. We don't exactly know the formatics of this, what it means. They're going to merge her together, but who who runs what? What does the PGA Tour look like? Is there also live events? Is the PGA Tour now going to go international? Will we see PGA Tour events in, in Saudi Arabia, in the Middle East, in Asia, things like this? We'll see. But that's why something like this happens, is that... There was too much money that the PGA Tour didn't want to cough up to fight the, quote, good fight anymore. And who looks worst? It was that guy right there, Jay Monahan, PGA Tour commissioner. Because all of the PGA Tour players that were told, you should do this out of morality. Don't take their money. Don't take their cash. You don't want to be associated with that didn't actually have a voice in this. They're just going to now. And all those PGA Tour guys like Rory, like Tiger, like the rest of them that, again, were very vocal in in going after Liv, now have to swallow all of the criticism and be like, oh, now that's our bosses. And all of those guys that fought the, quote, good fight have to be like, why did I do that? Because now I punted on money up front and there's no penalty to if I would have left. When all those guys left, Brooks, etc., it was, well, you can't play in the majors. Sorry, you're not part of the PGA Tour. Sorry. And now all of that washes away. So Monaghan looks worst because he was the one that invoked the 9-11 families, that invoked the morality. And now he washed his hands of that responsibility as well and says, hey, I get it. Maybe I said something last year that sounds hypocritical, but I know what I know. And at the end of the day, it's gross. At the end of the day, if you're a golf fan, this has got to be torturous because if you were watching the PGA Tour with some sense of at least I'm watching the quote right tour, and I'm not supporting that over there, now you have no choice. Now you have no choice because the PGA Tour is going to either be run by the Saudis or it's going to take a big chunk of influence and money that go to the Saudis and they're going to make decisions. And so now it's all just one big blender. And it's not like this is the first time something like this has happened in sports. I mean, the AFL and NFL were rival leagues that they merged back in the late 60s, early 70s, and now it's the NFL. The NBA and the ABA had a partial merger where the NBA absorbed a handful of ABA teams, and there was a partnership there. There has been multiple partnerships in professional sports leagues for a long time. If you go way, 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 way back, more than 100 years, the National League and the American League were rival factions in Major League Baseball. But 
you never had the there's a real immoral amorality with that league that 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 money has been earned or gathered in in unsavory ways and that's what this is it's not like this is just a rival sports league that happened to do enough good things had a good idea and now forced a merger this is a group of people who are power brokers within a country that is pretty devastating on a humanitarian level so that's a big one here. This isn't like the NFL and AFL merging. It's not like that. Because the AFL was never run by a bunch of guys that, you know, had a, a, a pretty devastating hand in treating human beings terribly. So for the PGA Tour, it's, it's gross. For Monaghan, it's despicable. And for the golfers that left to take the cash... Now there's no penalty in coming back. They should have taken the cash anyway. All those guys, Tiger should have taken the 700 million bucks because basically would have spent two seasons not of the tour, collecting all his money, and would have come back no, no harm, no foul. So that's pretty bad as well. The whole thing is awful. It's awful. Okay, here's your phone number, 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Mraz is out again today, meaning Pat Boyle who is just 10 days away from oiling boil, or we're 10 days away from oiling boil, is with us, and he's a huge golf fan. And so, Pat Boyle, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I know you watch a lot of golf. You root for a lot of golfers. Your thoughts on now the PGA Tour and live coming together? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm not shocked, if we're being honest, right? It's At the end of the day, uh, money's always going to talk, and money's always going to talk the loudest. So I, I just think Jay Monahan looks like a huge douche for this. Um, like you said, to invoke the 9-11 families and all that kind of fake morality that he actually cared. Um, I, there might have been a play from the beginning from him to just try to hold out, tell tell guys like Rory McIlroy, yeah, you know, keep crushing them, keep being uh, pawns for me and say all the right things. And then when uh, when we get the amount of money that I think is right from the uh, the Saudi you know public and uh, wealth fund or whatever they're called, uh, then I'll then I'll shake hands and we'll do the deal and. Uh, you know, Brooks Kepka, we'll we'll crush him now in the media, but don't worry, he's uh, he'll be able to play in the majors anyway and win the PGA Championship and take all this money, and he's going to come back maybe with a slap on the wrist, and he's going to be just fine. So, well, it is it is possible that a year ago Jay Monahan did feel these things authentically, like that's a bad group of people and we don't want to do business with them, and it is possible that yesterday he just said, well, now I'm going to. I'm going to sell my morality. Now Now I'm ready to cash in. I'm not sure that he had to feel this way about them. Like, who cares? A year ago, and it was all a lie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, what, does it, is, there, is there a better shade of gray here in this, in this case for Jay Monahan? Whether he, he was lying all along or all of a sudden in the last couple of months he changed his course right. and changed and his mind? Bo- both is really both is really bad because he either all along was playing the chess game of I don't really care about their humanitarian record, I just want a bigger payout, or B, there was a price tag on that morality that he was willing to cash in on. You're right. Either way, he looks bad. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not necessarily gonna change the way I watch, you know, golf. I mean, uh, you know, I, I never sat up here and put myself up on a pedestal like I was some king of morality. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of 
you know, quote unquote blood money and Saudi money and a lot of other sports, if you will. Soccer, it's uh, it's all over the world. So um, I just think when you put yourself in a position like that, when you put up the sword and say all those things that Jay Monahan said, whether or not he he knew what he he knew back then, or whether he did have a price tag in the beginning or not, uh, it just makes him look <laughs> makes him look like the biggest hypocrite. Uh, Really on on planet Earth right now, and I, I I would imagine his time as you know the head of the PGA Tour is coming to a close uh, at some point soon. Um, but yeah, I mean the PGA Tour now has a ton of more money. The they're going to be fine for years to come. TV right, so deals. You, you won't you won't worry about watching this new whatever merger is and feel bad about watching it. No, no. I mean if I'm being honest, no. Okay, fair enough. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right, welcome back to the DA Show this final Wednesday morning. You can always watch the show on YouTube. You can also watch us at watchda.com or on Twitch as well. On YouTube and Twitch, you can join the fray with your commentary, with your live stream comments, with the rest of the family, the DA aliens that watch as well on those platforms. Check us out wherever it is that you want to watch the DA show. It's also mobile friendly. Soundcheck begins with George Kittle as Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, who will step up to be the driver of the San Francisco 49ers this season. Kittle has big-time praise for Trey Lance. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think Trey looks significantly better than he did last year. Um, I really do. I think he's, his confidence is there. I think that um, he's throwing really good passes. I know you guys take videos sometimes. He overthrows people once in a while. Hey, it is what it is. He's still learning and stuff. But, I mean, just watching him, he just looks so much more comfortable and confident in the pocket. And I really appreciate that from him, from all the work that he's put into it. Um, I think all of our quarterbacks, I know I saw one of you guys had a stat that Brandon Allen didn't have any completion yet. That's pretty cool for him, too. But I think all of our quarterbacks are playing well. But like I said, I think Trey's, he just looks comfortable back there. and He doesn't look like, um, he just looks like he's having fun. And I really appreciate that from him because when he's out there having a good time, it definitely brings up everyone around him. So this will be one of my grand bets. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. Because a lot of people think that I'm completely wrong. I'm already wrong and this ship has sailed. I have always believed that the 49ers made the right decision in drafting Trey Lance. I know that he's incredibly raw. I know that he was raw coming out of college. I know that he didn't play a lot of college. It was dovetailed his final year in college with the with the pandemic season, so he barely played. I realized that he came from a small school, and last year in the limited time that we saw him, it didn't look good. But I've always felt like if you could get what you got out of Jimmy Garoppolo, which was two NFC Championship games, 
a Super Bowl run, a near championship. If you could do that with a guy that wasn't very mobile, that didn't scramble, that didn't have a big arm, that wasn't a dual threat, if you could do it with him, who clearly was limited, Trey Lance's skill set, his athleticism, was so great and the coaching was so good in San Francisco that that swap would mean you could do that and more with Trey Lance. Now, I'm not diminishing the value of a guy who's comfortable in big spots like Garoppolo, experienced, guys like him. I'm not diminishing that at all. But if you could do that with, with Garoppolo, I felt like you could do even more with Trey Lance. And when he went down last year with an injury, and then Brock Purdy took over, and before that was Garoppolo again, everybody said, move on from Lance. You can do this with anybody. Let it be Purdy, yada, yada, yada. I still think Trey Lance gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Brock Purdy. I do. And I know that Purdy went down to the NFC Championship game, so who knows? But I still believe that. It could blow up in my face. Purdy might be the opening day starter, and Lance might end up being a name that we forget in history, one of the biggest busts of all time. Maybe Lance wins the job, and again, looks like a disaster. they got to give the job to Purdy. Let's see how this plays out. A lot of people think I'm dead wrong in this, but I still think Trey Lance gives you the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Sounds crazy after what Purdy did last year, but Purdy's also not as athletically gifted as Trey Lance. So we'll see. It's a grand bet by me. It's a hedged bet by the 49ers because they have Purdy and they have Darnold. But there is George Kittle saying he looks really good. So we'll see. Here is Jaron Jackson on the Paul George podcast talking about the travails of John Morant. Here he is. He's good. I mean, he's, uh, I think, just growing up with <clears throat> this much mm-hmm. attention on you, like, especially being this young. I mean, it's a lot to deal with. And I think, uh, I mean, you're always going to make mistakes growing up. Mm-hmm. And people got to understand, like, you're growing up and you're the most popular player at this age probably ever. Well, I think that there is truth to that, that John Morant, from a young age, a lot was bestowed upon him. He comes to the the Memphis Grizzlies with the number two overall pick, and right from the, the outset, it's very clear he's got stardom written all over him. And you have to be able to navigate that. And maybe he's fallen victim to some of that celebrity or some of that pressure. And how does young, how do young people handle pressure in this day and age? And how do young people navigate social media? And it's always been a question about how young athletes handle money and celebrity. But, I mean, let's get real with maybe he's had more pressure on him than anybody ever. I mean, come on. I mean... He's the number two pick in the, in the NBA draft, not even the number one. He plays in Memphis, which is one of the smallest markets of the NBA. If he was a bust, so be it. He's not the first bust ever. And he ain't LeBron. This was not... He played at Murray State. It wasn't like this guy came out of high school and had to carry his college team to, an, to a, a, a Final Four and that when he got drafted, it was okay. Now he changes the league. I mean, let's get real. It's not Patrick Ewing. This is, it's not Akeem Olajuwon. 
It's not even Zion in his same draft. It's not LeBron where the guy was made a king before he ever stepped on an NBA floor. I mean, let's let's keep things in perspective. Yeah, there's been pressure on there's been pressure on John Moran. There was a little bit more pressure on Patrick Ewing when the entire league was tanking for Ewing and that he landed in New York City to save the Knicks and that he went to three national championship games in four years and was the most highly scrutinized high school player perhaps ever. I mean, let's get real with how much pressure John Morant's been under. The guy played at Murray State and then got drafted by the Grizzlies, okay? Let's let's keep things in perspective here. Okay, and finally, here's Mike McDaniel. You know you guys know I love him, Dolphins head coach. What can the Dolphins learn from a pair of championship type runs going on around them, the Florida Panthers and tonight's game 3 of the NBA Finals for the Miami Heat. Here's McDaniel. You hear all these people so surprised. I feel like there's a a, a, a sportscaster every, you know, a national sportscaster, definitely not local. But a nationally sportscaster every week or every game that's saying, oh, yeah, they have no chance. Um, that, you know, is the pinnacle of success in sports is um, a group of individuals um, working towards a goal and not letting anything stand in their way. So they're, they're it, you know, that just, for example, the last game they just won. You know, there's a lot of, um, I, I, to be able to look at a, a sports team and say, you know what, um, I don't necessarily know how they're going to do it, but I'm not going to bet against them. I think is one of the. Co- it, I mean, I, I wasn't. I like to keep my money, so um, they. I, I think it it it's an example for all teams. I think we're very fortunate to see it firsthand and feel like we're um, indirectly a part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it also goes for just people in general. I think it's a, it's a life lesson that you, you, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you really, really, really commit. So you heard Mike McDaniel get asked about or told by a media member how stacked the odds were against the, the Heat even getting this far. That's your sound check. I can tell you that... Uh, DA made some good cash on the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know what it was, but I talked about this going into the playoffs. I just felt like the Heat was going to be a problem for somebody and that the Celtics really scooted out of danger when the Heat lost in the play-in game to become the eight seed instead of the seven. And I just thought, this is this is bad news for the Bucs and good news for the Celtics because they should have played the Celtics in the first round. They might have beaten the Celtics in the first round in a 2-7 matchup. But once we got to the Eastern Conference Finals, I kept seeing those lines, and they kept being you know, the Celtics by 7, Celtics by 9, Celtics win easily, and I just kept plunking down cash on the heat, and I just kept saying, I believe in that team. I believe in, in the guts of Jimmy Butler and the coaching mismatch of Spolster against Missoula, and that was a pretty good win for me. I don't feel the same way in the NBA Finals. I have laid the money on the Nuggets, I think that what happened in game two, the Nuggets can fix. I think the Nuggets are pretty close to a 2-0 series lead and having this thing wrapped up in five. 
I'm not sure that game two is a reason for concern, aside from the fact that you you got to wake up. If you're the Nuggets, you have to wake up, and I talked about this yesterday. There's just no excuse for for sleepwalking your way through the fourth quarter of game two. But we'll see how they respond tonight. I still think they're the superior team. And as much as I love Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, I think that ultimately it's going to be too much Nuggets for them to overcome. Now, that's not nearly whatever I did, not nearly what Boyle. Boyle's been on a heater of all heaters. Now, to be fair, Boyle, you never screenshot any of your losses. I would like for you to tweet out some of the times that you actually lose bets. All I see is your winning <laughs> bets. But, I mean, dude, what was the last bet you hit? Was it a $5,000 hit or something like that? You just keep hitting these nine-leg parlays. Yeah, um... Yeah, no, it was it was crazy. There was a couple of times. Now, granted, I'm I you know, like you said, nobody ever shows you the losses. <laughs> so, are you even or are you way up? Because you had a $4500 score, you had a $5000 score, you had like a $3000 score all in just this postseason for the NBA. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm up, trust me. I once I hit those I hit those uh bets, I hit a couple um, I'm taking out basically everything but a couple hundred dollars uh, into the bank account, so I'm keeping that money. You best so, believe. You best believe that, DA. You you've hit multiple eight leg parlays or more, correct? Yeah, and like you said, nobody shows the losses. Being f- fully honest, there was a promo basically where I was getting you know getting it back even if it lost. So I was like, ah, you know, it's screw. Why not take a chance? Try to hit some big time odds here. And I think the first one I hit was Game Seven of Celtics Sixers. And my mindset is having, I feel like we always get jacked up for like, there's no better two words in sports than game seven. And every time it's like 93 to 82 and one team, (laughs) one team gets blown out and nobody can make shots. So I was like, you know what? I'm applying that here to the Sixers. I think they're soft. I think they're losers. I think James Harden's going to melt. So I took like everybody's unders on the Sixers. And I basically took um, the under on Jalen Brown and the Celtics points and the Sixers points as well. And I was like, you know what? If there's one person that's going to go off, it's Tatum. So that hit, that was four grand. Then I hit one on the Nuggets Lakers for 3,500. Um, and then game seven again rolled around for the Heat and the, the Celtics. And I was like, you know what? I think the same thing's going to happen. I think the Celtics are going to, they're going to melt here. Everybody thinks that they, they went up, that they came back from 3 0 down. And now that they're going to wash Miami in game seven. So. I did the same thing. I played all the unders because all these guys feel the pressure, and uh, they, a lot of them shrink in Game Seven. And sure enough, it was uh, yeah, plus five thousand odds. And uh, good old Pete Bellotti sitting next to me got in on the action as well. For oh, is that right? Oh yeah. Is that so? So Pete piggybacked off of your nine leg parlay and made some cash. Yeah, the last one, the Game Seven Celtics Heat, was only seven picks, but. Uh, it could, it could have been a lot more because I was going to take the heat money line and I only took him plus ten and a half. And I didn't spend as much on uh, as, he, as, as wow. the investment he made. Pete, how did I not know that you gravy trained off of that seven-leg parlay and made some money? I saw Pat was winning in the basketball and, and I was like, all right, <laughs> let's see. Hey, Pat, what do you have? Do you have anything that, that can work? <laughs> so right. I gave it a try. You know, like put ten bucks down on it and it some dollars. And it's going right in the bank. Okay, all right, very good. I like this. Gravy boys over here. Yeah, really, the gravy boys. <laughs> Come meet the gravy boys at the Bob's Bar Show week from Friday. The gravy boys are going to be throwing dollar bills out of the bar. Shots on them.
And what a change from normal. Normally, the duo in there is hatred and angst. Yeah, and, and And now they're winning each other money. They're yeah. smiling and hugging. Man, what a <laughs> world. Unbelievable. What a world. The, the voice of Andrew Bogish. The bogeyman is back after yesterday's stint with the writer show. And bogeyman, yeah, you walk into the Gravy Boys party. Right now, they're like uh, they're like a rap duo from Atlanta. They're just chucking money all over the place in there. It's incredible. <laughs> and I feel left out. I feel poor. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I got nothing sitting by myself in a little booth. Now I'm just envisioning some type of music video with the Gravy Boys. And, like, Pete has a backwards Mets cap on. And Boyle's got some some big jersey on. And they got big gold chains and, <laughs> yeah. and grills. Pete's got and PB the- around his neck and diamonds <laughs> and gold. They're just throwing money around. You got po- PB squared back here. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's PB it. Squared. Maybe it's the PB Boys. <laughs> PB Boys. <laughs> PB Boys, but the boys is spelled B O Y Z. Yeah, PB Boys. Right. Or B O Y dollar sign. And we, <laughs> it's in there somewhere. And we wrap about like peanut butter as like, and that's the metaphor for money. Making no, all this peanut yeah, butter. No, the first, no, we, the, we win you some jelly. Nice. The first, <laughs> right. The first album's called PB and J. The PB Boys. Only one letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One is a pathetic loser. This is DA's Champ or Chump. You can listen to the DA show on your phone. Two free apps to do so. Listen on the free Odyssey app. On the free Odyssey app, you can pause, rewind, and fast forward live radio. You can also listen to the podcast of the show. And our extended programming, like New York Accent and One Giant Step of the PGP, all inside that app, the free Odyssey app, or the free CBS Sports app. So your champ on the morning is, as we were just talking about, Reds prospect Ellie De La Cruz, who made his debut last night. One of the most exciting prospects in baseball. He's 21 years old, and he's a 6'5 shortstop. I'll say that again. He's 21 years old. And is 6'5 and plays shortstop. His AAA slash line is just ridiculous. He played in only 38 games this year in AAA. He hit 298 with 12 home runs and 11 stolen bases, meaning he was on pace over a full season for a 40 40 campaign. Again, he's 6'5 and he stepped in last night. And Reds fans have been tortured over the last couple of years with a really bad baseball waiting for the future to arrive. And he finally did, ripping a double into the gap. So he is one of those young guys you want to keep your eye on. And for Reds fans, a wonderful baseball city that's been put through the ringer with some questionable ownership themselves. It was refreshing to see a ballpark be excited last night and a big comeback victory. That was a fun night in Cincinnati over the Dodgers. Big comeback win. Ellie De La Cruz is your champ. That's DA's champ. Your chump, Alec Manoa. I mean, last year, he was a top three finisher in the American Cy Young race. Now, he gets demoted. It was another disaster. After last year, a really good season. Manoa has been an absolute nightmare this year. He's got a 6-3-6 ERA. He has a 1-9 whip. He has almost as many walks as strikeouts. And the Blue Jays 
are, are already nine and a half out of the American League East. And so they had to demote Manoa, who last year finished third of the American League Cy Young voting and had a 2-2-4 ERA. And this year he's just getting absolutely killed. And on Monday he gave up six runs and got just one out against the Astros. And Manoa is a big boy. I don't know if weight has something to do with this, but Alec Manoa needs to get his bleep together. Oof, what a disaster. He is your chump. That's DA's chump. Class is now dismissed. Okay, standing by with headlines this morning, here is a kind sir, Andrew Bogish. DA, if you're on your way to work right now, you might be PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. He has yet to resign after caving into greed and immorality and agreeing secretly to a merger with Live Golf yesterday. At least one player called Monahan a hypocrite during yesterday afternoon's meeting. I'm at sure the, there was a lot more than one at the Canadian Open. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. And anytime I've said anything, I said it with the information I had at that moment. And I said, I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA tour and our players in other hypocrite oh, news. Up. Pete hasn't given me his days off for Thanksgiving, 2024 <laughs> yet. The Nuggets are back on the floor tonight. Game three of the finals in South beach, Tyler hero and his broken hand remain out for Miami. I will remind everyone, it is June 7th. April 24th was the last time the A's won a road game. Young delivers in the pitch. That <laughs> swung out. Did he do it again? A drive to deep right. Palacios looks up, and Jace Peterson is 5 for 5 with two home runs, a two-run shot, and it's 11-2 A's. Have a night, Jace Peterson. Uh, have a night, Jace Peterson. It's about time. That's from A's Radio. Peterson with the five hits and two homers and an 11-2 win in Pittsburgh, snapping their 15-game road skid. They, It's also just their 13th win total oh, of now, the is that season. Little, is that a cool little story for the A's, or is that just how back-to-earth the Pirates have come? I mean, it's just it's a game. It's just a game. <laughs> I think it's just hilarious that they went an entire month of May without winning a road game. And I think that they're on pace for 130 losses. I think they're on pace for 133. So I brought this up last week with Sean because at one point on the Mets broadcast, Gary Cohen was talking, the Mets TV voice, was sharing a conversation he had off air with Howie Rose, their radio voice. They're both lifelong New York City residents, Mets fans. They love the Mets, and they were both saying that they're rooting for the A's to be better than the 62 Mets because they want the 62 Mets <laughs> to keep the record of the worst regular season record ever. 120 losses for the 62 expansion Mets. Yeah. How many did that Tigers team, though, have? I thought the Tigers were right around 120, maybe oh, 116 or something like that. Um, that was the old Tigers. Right? Remember, remember how... They were chasing down the 62 Mets for a long time that season. I think oh, they were the second. The Cleveland team. Spiders in 1899 were 20 and 134. That doesn't count. <laughs> pre, it's pre-1900. Okay, so 20 post, and 134. Yeah, Post-1900, the Philadelphia A's were 36 and 117. The Tigers in, 19, in 2019 were 47 and 114. <laughs> 2019? Yeah. That was... Four years ago? No, there was one early in the in the millennium. 
Uh, the Orioles they, a year before that were 47 and 115. Uh, they in 03 the Tigers lost 119 right. after right. losing 106 in 2002. Oh. 03 was the year that they right they were one game short of the 62 Mets record, 119 losses. I mean, it's remarkable that we've got multiple Tigers seasons to pick from. They yeah. had four <laughs> seasons of 106 losses or more. Since 1996. And they have one of the greatest seasons ever, the 84 team that won the World Series and was just a dominant free train the entire year. I mean, they made, they've made two World Series and they've had four 100 loss seasons in the last three decades. And what, they keep you on your toes. Three 110 loss seasons. Get me out of here. And, and, had, and had one of the best managers of all time managing them, Jim Leland. And the single greatest chain smoker in baseball history, Jim Leland. <laughs> Uh, else- and a triple crown winner. Yeah. Miggy. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere last night, we had the Giants getting a 10-4 win in Colorado. The Braves rallied for a 6-4 win So over just to go back to the Mets. A's, I, I think that the A's probably do lose 120 games. I think they probably take out the 62 Mets because they're on pace for 130. I don't know. That la- that win yesterday, Bogues, you say it's just a game. They might rattle off. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of the next 15. Uh, again, those Mets losers 6-4 in Atlanta. The Marlins down the Royals 6-1. Luis Arise, two more hits from Miami, pushing his average to 4-0-1. The Red Sox rally for a 5-4 win in Cleveland, snapping a three-game skid. The Rays now 11-0 in home series openers after a 7-0 decision over the Twins. Ooh, that's a betting trend. And the Blue Jays beat the Astros 5-1. Kevin Gossman matching a career high with 13 Ks over 7. DA has already mentioned the bad news for Toronto. Struggling righty Alec Manoa demoted to rookie ball in Florida. Manoa has a 6.36 ERA after finishing third in AL Cy Young voting last season. The Las Vegas Aces 7-0 after a 90-84 win at the Sun. Asia Wilson, 23 points and 10 boards. And unlike Mraz, the Sky fought off the fever 108-103 (laughs) in overtime. And now we get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Wow, when was the last time I did stun to a news? Uh, Today we're in Berlin where a German court is giving an 82-year-old man, quote, a last warning to avoid jail after he was found guilty of drug dealing. Again, he's 82, and just now he got caught dealing drugs. Wow! He's retired. So a retired sailor, <laughs> and he said his pension of only 800 euro a month—that's roughly 855 in U.S. dollars—wasn't enough. Yeah. So he started pushing weed. Nice. Now the problem is he has 24 previous convictions. Wow. So one might ask why he was free in the first place <laughs> to begin sm- selling marijuana. But now we're asking, why is the court being nice to him since he appears to be a career criminal? But I guess at 82, because he was needed money, they're trying to be nice, and maybe they're going to let him off and kind of reduce the charges against him. But there are definitely people who want him to go to jail and I guess finish his life no. there for selling weed. For a little bit of kush? Yeah. Come this on. Is, this guy's done nothing wrong. 25 He's, times. Well, 850 <laughs> bucks a month. 
I don't know, even in Berlin, that's that can't be anything close to what it would cost to have a decent living wage. So 850 bucks a month. He's 82 years old, and it's only marijuana. This isn't hard narcotics. I mean, what what's the worst that he's doing? He's helping teenage kids get a little high behind the school and listen to a little weird Europunk? I mean, come on. What's the worst <laughs> that this guy's doing? Yeah, I would like to know what the 24 previous convictions were. Well... Maybe, maybe some of that context matters. <laughs> Is it all about weed? Weed, weed, weed. I also, would you guys believe that an 82-year-old guy was legitimately selling you drugs if you were looking for them? Yeah. Look, oh, yeah. Let me tell you, if Pacino can have a kid at 82, <laughs> then there could be drug dealers at 82. <laughs> What's harder? I would say creating a kid. I'm still not over that. I don't know how Pacino did that at 82. Well, you handled the creation part just fine, I'm assuming, 10-plus months ago. And I and Pacino, I bet, is not doing the one a.m. to five a.m. shift like you no, are, buddy. No, no. <laughs> I'm not talking about taking care of the kid. I'm talking about the conception. Because think about it. Let me try to do this without being too lewd. But anatomically, please, he's got to get into a state where that. All of those things have to happen, and he's 82 years old. <laughs> that seems impossible. I mean, I know with modern medicine, you know, you have the blue chews, and that's. But could you imagine at 82 years old, basically shooting the water into the clown's mouth? That's that's a hard. That's a that's a tough one to to thread the needle. <laughs> now I can't go to a circus anytime soon. Right, at 82. <laughs> This ain't 52, 82. How many of us will even be, you know, will be, will be senile, will be decrepit, 82 years old? I, I think, Pacino, there was probably a turkey baster involved. I don't know if there was an actual. Well, so that's a different story. Did he deposit and then they did the science? I think so. Okay. Yeah, there, there's no way he's getting blood rush. and. That's what I mean. If he did that <laughs> act and it worked. That is amazing. He's he's like a cyborg. Should be a motivational speaker if that's the case. Impregnating somebody <laughs> at 82? But again, right. If he made a deposit and then they did all the, the science behind it, it's a little bit more understandable. But okay, so would you rather have an 82-year-old dad or an 82-year-old weed dealer? 82-year-old weed dealer for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like if I was ever feeling testy and wanted to try to rip him off, I feel like I could probably get away with it. And what's yeah. going to happen? Is 82-year-old going to beat my ass? No. But is he, like, with his walker coming to my car window and doing, like, the handshake inside the door? Like, how is this going down? I need to know. He's put, He puts it at the end of his cane, and then he just opens up a little cap on the end of the cane, and it just falls out. <laughs> he knows a guy. Yeah, It's in the golf ball on the bottom of his walker that he's using for traction. <laughs> the, the tennis ball. It's in his fanny pack. <laughs> Okay, back to Pacino for just a second here, guys. Uh-oh. Pacino, imagine he goes... Do you think he'll make his high, uh, the, his kid's high school graduation? He would be 101 years old. No. <laughs> 100 or 101 at high school graduation. 104, 105 at college graduation. What about elementary school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he see the third grade? <laughs> This, this whole thing is... I wonder what the oldest guy to conceive is. 
It'll be boil eventually. It'll be boil. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Will boil make 82 in his lifestyle? Uh, Probably not. <laughs> well, if you keep winning all this money and the PB boys really take off, yeah. you can pay for doctors and diets and all this kind of, True. you know, you know, care to keep you alive. I'll be a going. Veg- I'll be a vegetable in hospice, just chilling. No, Getting, not even that. Like you'll be sp- a spry 105. You think so? The 105 will be the new 82. Non-veggie, yeah. Non-veggie state out there making eight-leg parlays on I don't know some kind of like holographic sports right in front of you. Spreading <laughs> seed. Yeah. Winning bets. Exactly. That's honest. That's pretty good. I'll That's take that at 105, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. A week from Friday, we get to oil boil. Great. Spreading seed, making bets. <laughs> you do that when I leave. <laughs> that's his BetQL show at 105. No, it's, that's 10 a.m. in Tucson after Big Baby in the Landfill. You get the PB boys. <laughs> Big Baby in the Landfill, followed by the PB boys. Spreading seed, making bets. I was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> Big Baby and the Landfill. We should be like another Kachuk. <laughs> Junior, junior, Kachuk that he's betting on. Spreading siege, making bets. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Get some of this, youngsters. Have some. <laughs> Make the picks. Make the damn picks. <laughs> Smoking weed. Spreading seed. Make the damn picks. <laughs> Smoking weed, spreading seed, and winning bets. <laughs> Come on, youngsters. Have some. Dog. <laughs> it's a bunch of dogs around here. You. Dog. I mean, like old Yeller at that point. <laughs> Come on, Junior. You want some of this? We're smoking weed. Spread and see, winning bets. Come on, man. <laughs> but they're only on from 11 to 11.30 in Tucson. That's all the energy they have. Yeah, I got to get a nap. Oh. Right. I need a nap in after 30 minutes. I can barely get to segment two. And all the radio ads are blue chew. I like music. <laughs> blue chew and Viagra. What? They're done after the cold open. That's it. There's one segment. What? <laughs> We're done for the day. But I was a baby. I tease the bet. I tease. Uh, that's that's all. I tease the bet for 25 minutes, then me and Pete deliver it, and then we do like a two-bar little rap verse. I'm trashing my own junk. It's the PB boys. Have some. Come and get this. You dog. <laughs> you dogs. And at that point in time, it's going to be like hieroglyph. No. What do they call those? Holograms? Hologram dogs or AI dogs, all fake dogs. Have some. Come on. Have some of this. Dogs. <laughs> dogs. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. Pat Boyle's been crushing it on his bets, so Pete the Body gravy trained with him. Bump drafted his bets and won some money on the Heat as well. And now we're wondering what their rap group name would be. Here's your fail. Will Boyle <laughs> make 82 at his lifestyle? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Can you look at yourself in the mirror? 
well, if you keep winning all this money and the PB boys really take off, yeah. you can pay for doctors and diets and all this kind of, you know, you know, care to keep you alive. I'll keep be you a going. Veg- I'll be a vegetable in hospice, just chilling. No, Getting, not even that. Like you'll be sp- a spry 105. You think so? The 105 will be the new 82. Non-veggie? Yeah. Non-veggie state? Who does the old school, new th- school thing quite well, mixing today's analytics. <laughs> Out there making eight-leg parlays on, I don't know, some kind of like holographic sports right in front of you. Spreading seed. <laughs> yeah. Winning bets. Exactly. That's honest. That's pretty good. I'll That's take that at 105, man. <laughs> Get a little of the chunk off the top of that one, too. You dog. That's pretty good. A week from Friday, we get to oil boil. Great. Spreading seed making bets. <laughs> You do that when I leave. <laughs> That's his BetQL show at 105. No, it's That's 10 a.m. in Tucson after Big Baby in the Landfill. You get the PB boys. <laughs> Big Baby in the Landfill, followed by the PB boys. Spreading seed, making bets. I was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was a baby. Make the picks. Make the damn picks. Get some of this, youngsters. Have some. <laughs> 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 How do you like that? Smoking weed, spreading seed, making bets. <laughs> Smoking weed, spreading seed, and winning bets. <laughs> Come on, youngsters, have some dog. But they're only on from 11 to 11:30 in Tucson. That's all the energy they have. Yeah, I gotta get a nap in. I need a nap in after 30 minutes. We can barely get to segment two. And all the radio ads are blue chew. Yo, anus. I'm trashing my own junk. I wish someone would explain it to me. Blue chew and Viagra. They're done after the cold open. That's it. There's one second. We're done for the day. And down the stretch they come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Epic fail, you loser. Yeah. Is why you fail. Epic fail. So I love this question today. Should Pete the Body and Pat Boyle's rap group name slash sports betting show be called the Gravy Boys or the PB Boys, since both of their initials are PB, and the S in boys is a dollar sign. Originally, Gravy Boys had a huge lead, 80% to 20%, but that is closed. Some big push late for PB Boys. <laughs> right now, Gravy Boys, though, still leaves 55% to 45%. Now, one poll ranked a tribe called Quest as the best rap group of all time. Sugar Hill Gang and Sugar Hill Records, the first hip-hop record label in history. And Busta Rhymes was the voice of Reptar in the Rugrats movie. The graphic that Cap has created that you are watching right now on the simulcast is wonderful. It is Pat and Pete with (laughs) brimmed hats, flat-top hats with dollar bills stuck in the top, big gold chains, and... Pete is holding a bag of money, and it says PB Boys. And now John Fantes voted for Gravy Boys from Fox Sports, and I think I still lean Gravy Boys, but maybe the S in Gravy Boys could be a dollar sign, although the Z, there's something really good about the Z. Uh, So either way, for Pat and Pete to be together on a rap album and for them to uh, be smoking weed, Spreading seed and winning bets. That's Pat. And then and, and making rap, I guess. I, I guess that's also part of this, is something that I think the world needs right now. Pat, 
you should uh, be congratulated. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's what the world needs. The gravy boys. <laughs> we'll spread seed all over everybody, and we'll win bets for everybody. That's our motto. Have show. <laughs> okay. That'll do it for us this morning on the show. Thanks to executive producer Pat Boyle. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti, audio director and on the wheels of steel. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, and Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good. Be good to one another. We will see you tomorrow. I'm DA, and the mothership disconnects. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 